Hello, McWarrior fans. This is Duncan Fisher. Today is the dawn of an exciting new league, a trial by fire, a proverbial bloodbath of lasers and autocannons, the likes of which you have never seen. Born from the twisted mind of the dragon's own Hohiro Karita, this new league will pit the finest MechWarrior units throughout the inner sphere against each other via intense skirmish-based combat. If you thought one versus ones and two versus twos was hardcore, just wait, because the Martial Olympiad is reborn. Hey mech fans, it's Cozened Indigo and I'm back with you today bringing you a little bit of bonus content for the Martial Olympiad Reborn. Uh, today I am talking with Seabiscuit, a team captain of 228 Death From Above uh, and we are doing a little bit of a review on the tournament uh, at the midway point. So we have seen three and a half to four weeks of games as at the time of this recording and we thought it was a good time just to touch base see how things are going, talk a little bit about what we have seen thus far and what we might see moving forward. So this will be in addition to the normal weekly updates and it's a chance to reflect, celebrate and look forward to what we have coming up. So as mentioned, I'm joined today by Seabiscuit, team captain of 228, who was kind enough to stop by and lend some of his insight and expertise and talk about some of the things that he has seen thus far. Uh, from his perspective as a team captain and as a shoutcaster. So right, let's get into the conversation. Right, welcome to another episode. And uh, as I did mention in the introduction today, we are bringing you a mid-tournament discussion on the Martial Olympiad Reborn. Uh, and this time I am talking with team captain Seabiscuit uh, from 228 Death From Above. Now the tournament has been running for four weeks now and we are halfway through so it's kind of a perfect opportunity to reflect on what we've seen thus far, any patterns and trends and what we think might happen uh, moving forward for the rest of the tournament. So first off let me welcome my co-host today Seabiscuit. Welcome Seabiscuit, how are you man? I'm doing pretty great, thank you. Good, we had uh, a good game today, That was uh, really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, uh, it's always good to have really close matches. And, uh, and good to be talking afterwards, actually. I, one of the good things I like about Comp is just how friendly it is. You know, it's great to be able to, uh, you know, just hand out GGs and 07s and everyone had a good time. So, yeah, it was close. You guys um, played pretty well today. It was, uh, I was pretty happy with um, how Clan Crossfire went. But, uh, yeah, you guys deserve the win. Thank you. Right, man. Let's um, kick off, uh, firstly, about our uh, general thoughts on the Martial Olympiad Reborn. Uh, and specifically, I guess, we're looking back on the three and a half to four rounds um, that we've seen thus far. Now, um, Biscuit, you are a team captain, of course, so you have a certain perspective on uh, what tournament means. There's a whole lot of stuff that you have to do behind the scenes. Um, so do keep that in mind uh, and, and you know make sure that you can give the listeners uh, a view of that. But, you know, Martial Olympiad Reborn and uh, MWO Comp is, is a new competition in the sense that we've got some new admins uh, MRBC is uh, at least on hold for now. We don't necessarily know what the future is. Given all of that, given the action that you've seen, given what you've had to uh, do behind the scenes, uh, how have you found the competition so far? Uh, I've really enjoyed the competition just in general. MechWarrior Online, all competitive plays is fun in my opinion. It's 
and it's completely different from you know quick play or faction play in, in general. Going with that, I know we have a, a, this player run MWO comp league. I think it's been pretty successful just in general from now. That definitely make you think on your toes with the partial Olympiad reborn as far as uh, mech and drop deck compositions allowing the hero mechs in for the first time it's it's really thrown in a loop as well. Yeah I mean and particularly if we think about uh, on the back of stock and the world championships uh, I think the comp is coming at a good time uh, and again not only opening it up to a more traditional pick whatever you want uh, and put it together in, in a way that best suits you uh, but to Introduce these new rules around, um, yeah, the hero I think has added a, a nice bit of variety and we do see most drop decks containing at least one hero. Uh, you mentioned, of course, that the leadership and, and the Tudum's have been pretty well run uh, thus far. They've been pretty democratic about how it has been run. How have you found it from a team leader's perspective around uh, the decision making and the rules and stuff like that? Well, before the, the actual competition started, they, they're pretty firm on what they wanted during the actual progression of this tournament, we've had a few things that team leaders have voted on here and there, and they've been pretty straightforward and out in the open with what they're planning and, and what the future is going to hold with Marshall Olympia. And that's probably my favorite thing about it so far. So they're really taking the, the players' opinions to heart. Yeah, and, and fantastic to build up a competition uh, almost from the bottom up, for lack of a better word, where you are getting the, the competitors themselves to feed into the format and the rules and, and the structure. Yeah, so in the end, the MWO comp seems like, and, and really it, um, MechWarrior Online Competitive League, four players by players. Yeah, which is fantastic. And uh, again, you know, I guess we can't overemphasize the fact that it is player run, so it does come off the back of um, just a whole lot of people in the community putting in some special effort. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that at the end about some of those key players. But I think it's a real strength. I think that uh, you are going to end up with the best format, the best rules, if it is fed up uh, from the competitors ultimately. And uh, I certainly like that they are looking at team leader feedback. So that goes through all the divisions. It's not like they're just getting feedback from uh, top comp players or super experienced comp players. Uh, you are getting you know, teams from all divisions. I do really like the, the mix of of player skill here in MWO and I think because the players are involved so much there's more people getting involved every day I don't know if you saw the stream today but at one point one of the we had three streams going for a comp as Shoutcast had mentioned and at one point we had two over 200 people in one of the streams so there's definitely a, a lot of people watching compared to even three weeks ago when we first started the events yeah, I mean, the health of the competition, of course, um, does depend a lot on the viewership. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I guess that, you know, we've tried very hard to do is, is uh, people that are supporting uh, some of the content around it and the publicity. You know, the more people that can get involved, the better the health of, of the game and, and the better the health of competition. And obviously that'll be something that we, um, we touch on uh, a little bit later. The format and rules seem to be going pretty well thus far. Uh, was there anything that you think needs to be improved on or maybe something thus far that uh, is, is not working as intended? Uh, yes, the, the only thing that's really caught my eye is whenever a team takes a drop deck that is elite, they're kind of hit or miss on, on what the rules are for, I mean, whether they need to redo the drop or if it's a lost drop or a consecutive, like people that have done it more than once, for example. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's almost uh, democratic at the moment, eh? Which it probably needs to be needs to be some <laughs> some jurisprudence around that. I think there probably just needs to be a little bit something firmer in there. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's probably the. Uh, I agree with you. That's maybe the only uh, thing work on, I guess, for lack of a better word, that I've seen thus far. But uh, I think it's good that the admins have uh, taken that stuff on board and and committed to learning from it. So moving forward, hopefully, in the next uh, comp, uh, we'll we'll see that they've they've settled on something and. It's maybe clearer from the start what's a violation and what's not a violation and kind of what the consequence of that is. Uh, hopefully it's not something that comes up too often, but yeah, I agree with you there. So yeah, the, the format and the rules so far seem to be to be pretty good. And again, that comes down to a, a credit to the, to the organisers. Uh, how have you found the level of competition? I mean, including obviously the, you know, the, the really good teams, but even if we go down to the Div C, Div D, do you think there's been, you know, any standout teams, any standout players off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, definitely. You can say me. That's fine. I mean, I, you know, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you did pretty well in our drops tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a professional potato. <laughs> you're on the wrong team then, or, or you need to watch out. I think you're playing the potato killers next week. Yeah, geez, well, that's me done. But hey, look, I mean, um, obviously I'm not the best example, but there's been some um, fantastic uh, competitions, some fantastic players and in, in teams. I mean, anything, how, you know, the general level, do you think it's been pretty good? Oh, definitely. And, and talking about, you know, specific teams that I think have been doing incredibly well, um, and they don't really get a whole lot of hearsay or a lot of talk about them, but um, R7, 19, and ADIV D, I think they've been doing very well in their division. Of course, our my other team, uh, Death from Below and Ace Wild Black Aces, they've all been doing fantastic. Very strong front runners in their competition, though. Um, then go to like Div C uh, for NA. I don't really know much about the EU teams, so. Um, but going on Blackthorn Dragoons is they've been doing pretty well. Dropship Four, I think, saw their first loss today mm. um, against Bears Brawlers, who I think this is their first win. Yeah. Yeah, against Aces Wild. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and obviously, just from from covering it in the updates, uh, it's been fantastic to see the, the the how competitive it has been in Div C and Div D. Because you know there needs to be those entry points into uh, competition. Uh, you know, it's the div the the gap between the divisions can be really really big, and that gap only widens as you go up. Um, you know, we are in the unfortunate position in Div B that we have to have a crossover match with Div A. So it really gives you an indication of, of the difference uh, between uh, the, the level of competition. But to see health and to see uh, such good matches in Div C and Div D, I think is, uh, again, a credit to the organisers and a credit to the teams that are participating there. I mean, as you said, um, Blackthorn Dragoons, you know, they're 3-1 they're and one now. Uh, they're looking really, really good. But then you can pick uh, Cameron's Highlanders. I mean, Dropship 4, obviously DSAG today with a very good win over Dropship 4. So... I mean, that division is, is at least four teams um, that have a chance of taking that. Uh, and as you say, there's, there's probably at least three teams in Div D um, that could easily go and take the rest of the tournament from here. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, and then Division B, I think, is even closer than those two divisions in, in skill-wise anyway. Um, yeah. I, I know White Knight Legion is out, out ahead of everybody right now, but I, I still think MS, Potato Killers... Uh, a lot of these teams that, that are playing, so for example, uh, Potato Killers beat Death from Above, and Potato Killers lost to Smoke Adders pretty handily, even though the Smoke Adders and Death from Above match are 
I think that's one of the closest matches of the season so far. Absolutely, that one was very, very close. And yeah, you're right, Div B in uh, NA is super close. But then we go to EU Div B, and particularly over the last couple of weeks, uh, that's even come, you know, Majestic 12 went down. Um, you know, we're really starting to see three or four teams uh, really vie uh, for that division. Uh, ironically, it's probably the A divisions that look more clear-cut than any. I completely agree with you there. Uh, I know EU debate really getting run over by, you know, first Jaguar guards and Ian Tatos. They're pretty clean-cut as far as who's going where there. And the NA debate, uh, Black Omen, they've, I, I want to watch the match between Black Omen and Blackwatch this week. I know Blackwatch beat them last week. Mm. But uh, uh, Imperial still looking like a front-runner. But Black Omen and Blackwatch have both taken games on them in their matches, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, EMP are, you know, slightly different even from what we saw in World Champs. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, EMP and Eon, Eon looks well ahead, I think, in, in Div A there. And, and EMP are certainly looking as, um, as though they're the favourites for that Div. So, you know, there's not as many teams in those Div A uh, competitions, you know. Phoenix Legend and Russian Jade Falcon are both very, very, very good teams and, and worthy of being in Div A. Uh, but Eon's kind of going through that one without um, without too many problems. Uh, so again, it just shows you those levels. Yeah, we actually had a scrim against uh, Black Omen on Tuesday, and we lost pretty pretty handily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you go through that team player by player, and the roster strength is insane. You know, I mean, they're, they're ranked second overall, just behind uh, Eon on roster strength. But again, they've just got obviously crazy, crazy good pilots. Uh, so yeah, the the um, strength overall, I think, of the competition has been really, really good, and in, in the we've we've seen good games in every division, and I think that's again that's a credit for um, the way that the Martial Olympiad Reborn has um, shaken out thus far is that we are getting that level of uh, competition in each of the divisions. Oh yeah, it's, I'm very interested to see how World is going to turn out this year too. I know a lot of these uh, Division A and Division B teams are. They use tournaments like this to practice for World. I'm, I'm really excited to see where Worlds goes from here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know, we, that is something that we want to talk about. I guess the the health of, of comp in general, and and we'll touch on that a little bit uh, down the track. But it's it can't be understated about how these tournaments should also should almost be staging tournaments for World Champs, and hopefully that's how PGI see it, uh, and and that they. Uh, sponsor and support these tournaments uh, accordingly but it's going to be very interesting to see whether or what format the world champs are in because I think with uh, this tournament has been an argument for the fact that by opening up the mech lab uh, by allowing you know the the strategies and the um, the intellects to run wild uh, you know you do get probably the best version of the game so it's it's going to be interesting to see what world champs um, shakes out like in regards to to the format and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, we like to run a lot of really weird, crazy strats that end up working, or they yeah. lose horribly. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> either way, either way, it's exciting, and uh, you know, ultimately, that's what you want from comp is that uh, if there is that room for that creativity. I mean, we talk often about uh, that you don't want a meta, or you want a meta to shift. Uh, you don't want teams to have to default to a certain style. Uh, to compete you know you want room for those out of the box strategies um, to come through and take drops and you know if that's a loom strat or whatever you, you want room for all of those strategies to exist the same way that you want room for 
all the play styles to exist uh, in the game itself you know in, in pug and group and that kind of stuff so yeah let's hope that um, what we've seen thus far and hopefully it continues in this comp uh, but hopefully that's a blueprint for PGI in regards to the worlds that they're, they're taking out the best bits um, of what they've seen um, from the tournament here yeah I would I know PGI has been very good with the MWO comp organizer uh, going as far as putting a mech sale up and shouting out to the discord channel here uh, the MWO comp discord and, and the league itself absolutely time on their website all of those kind of things you know it's it's, it's certainly worth um, calling that out and, and thanking PGI uh, for that support so hopefully that they see the, the win um, that exists for them as well uh, by, by supporting this stuff so uh, we've talked a little bit about the competition thus far and I think we can probably both agree that it has been a good level of competition uh, we've seen exciting games across all the divisions, which is, you know, that's kind of one sign of whether the tournament is uh, is successful or not. Uh, let's get into, I guess, probably what I'm super interested in, which is around some of the patterns or trends uh, that we have seen thus far. Um, often when we reflect on the game, like Group Q or Pug Q, it can be hard to pull out patterns and trends. You know, we don't get access to the data per se, and, uh, you know, some of the outragey stuff can can really get in the way of identifying patterns or trends but comp gives us that great petri dish uh, that we can see the stats directly and uh, you know we can we can pick up some of that stuff not only from what we're seeing but backing it up with a bit of data from your work as a team leader because I know that you're probably all over this stuff uh, what do you think that we've seen so far what are the major patterns and trends that you think have come out of the Marshall Olympiad over the first four rounds? That's a pretty good question. The, the The number one thing I've seen is a lot of the team seem to be very comfortable doing specific things, and they're all pretty different from each other. And that may be mech choices being the same every week or the same strategy and drops four and five every week because of the uh, map band rotation with that possibility. I mean, then, of course, you had the, the LRM, ATM, NARC, meta that was going around the first few weeks of of the competition until the the AMS got bumped. Well, let's I mean let's start with strats because you're right. It's a big question uh, if we talk about um, you know what what patterns and trends that we're seeing. Uh, do you think that there is a defining strat? I mean, comp is kind of known for almost informing what the meta is uh, strat wise. What do you think the main things we're seeing so far? The number one thing I've been seeing so far is that the strats are different in every map. Uh, and going a little bit deeper into that, uh, I know a lot of the Div A teams like to have control strategies where they do long range and poke forever, and some of the Div B teams do the same thing. Um, there are reasons for that. The biggest reason being if you're in control of the map, then you're normally in control of the game. And the only way you can be in control of a thousand meters is to be able to shoot a thousand meters. And then there's there's other maps like uh, when we did the mining collective drop, you had several teams doing you know the the poking strategies from the team two side, and some that just said, all right, we're going to take assassins and linebackers and hold W till we win. Yeah, I think it's a good point, and and the maps will always determine, I guess, what the best strategy is. And I think by and large, we have seen. Uh, cap and control that this, this idea as you said that if you control the map you control the game uh, and particularly in the map ban phases I think we've seen Alpine, River and Rubelite favoured because they give the opportunity for more of that map and um, for more of that cap and control 
the, the format of the tournament thus far has generally been a, been a brawly map for drops two and three. So I think that's where we most often see brawl. And I guess that's probably one of the, the good things about the tournament is that brawl is potentially the play style that doesn't get as enough love, in my opinion, uh, in the, the game itself. But it's been really good to see those linebackers, the assassins, and that, you know, the really strong brawl strats that are brought in those maps. And then in, in map one, uh, you know, where we've had, you know, Solaris, we've had Tourmaline, uh, we've had Canyon Network. Uh, and this week, of course, we had uh, Forest Colony Classic. Uh, the, the strats can be a little bit more varied. Something like Tourmaline means that you've got the opportunity to run different strats. But yeah, generally speaking, I think Cap and Control has been um, most popular. But yeah, it's probably by and large been because of the maps that are selected. Would you, would you agree with that? I do agree with that, yeah. So the, the maps, I guess, have informed you know, what we see strat-wise uh, to a large degree. Uh, Mech-wise, I mean, I can tell you, of course, that uh, the Mad Cat B is the most popular uh, mech, and I guess that probably surprises no one that that's been the one that's been taken out most often. What I have been surprised at is uh, just the rise and rise of the Vulcan 5T. That's the second most uh, taken variant that we've seen thus far. We do have some comp staples in there uh, with Wolfhounds and the Hunchback 2CAs, you know, Annihilators, Assassins, etc. But so far across the games that we've got stats for, uh, there's been 359 different variants taken, you know, and there's probably what, seven or 800 in the game. So for there to be almost half having been used through halfway in the tournament, I think is pretty good. Um, how do you think that the meta or you know the the mech selection has gone? Is there any patterns and trends that you think that you've seen there? Um, you're starting to see a lot of the same mechs do specific things now. Uh, now that we've, we're kind of figuring out that the current map, um, for instance, we all know the mech kit 2SBs are very very good at uh, mid range DACA, probably the best mech in the game that does it, but. What I'm seeing is a lot of people are using their three chassis limit on a mech and then using something weird in like a fourth or fifth slot to do the same thing, just not quite as good as, as that mech. So I, I know we took a Hellfire Void last week uh, as night gear number four, uh, just as an example. So do you think that the, the general process is to see the map, decide what strat is going to be most effective, see what mechs are going to be most effective in implementing that strat, and then if you run out of your limit, you just try and get the next best mech that's at that job? I do. Uh, that's At least that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, I I agree, and I think um, it's we are seeing it quite top-heavy. So when we do look at that variation, uh, we do see that the bulk of, uh, mix taken in any any single drop uh, is within a, a relatively narrow range. I guess it is quite top heavy of that 359 variants. Then you're probably going to be looking at 50 that will form up more than three quarters of uh, all the all the mix that are taken across any one drop. So I guess that's to be expected. You know there will be mix that stand out um, for jobs or um, just in general. But I, it's still good. I think that um, people are stretching their imaginations to, to take some of those different ones. And adding the heroes really helps that, I think. Do you, I mean, again, that speaks to this, this good addition from uh, the Martial Olympiad Reborn of uh, adding that extra 
wild card in there with the heroes. Oh yeah, we've seen you know assault, medium, heavies, and light uh, heroes so far with uh, the Death Knell, the IB Four. We've we've even seen a Skull Commission from Blackwatch. Oh jeez. Well, I can tell you that the IV4 is uh, obviously the most popular, and that's great. That's, that's one of my favorites. Uh, and not too far behind that is the uh, Slipnir, the Cyclops hero. So, yeah, we're certainly seeing some, some good uh, variety there. One thing you know, I was really keen to talk to you about is, uh, do you think any of this, the recent changes that we've seen to the quote-unquote meta, uh, particularly around heat and particularly around LRMs, do you think that's been influential in the tournament, because that was a question that we had coming into the tournament about whether those things would be influential. Do you think that that's been a big factor? Uh, I believe the the heat changes have favored laser boats, like the ER large laser uh, mechs that are being used quite often for the uh, capping control strip. Um, just because they're basically just used to shoot once or twice and then step out until they cool down. And now they just cool down faster. Um, as far as the LRM strategies go, we were using LRM strats every week until the LRM changes happened, and we haven't been reliably able to use them since then, us as an example. The, and it's less an LRM, but, uh, LRM nerf than it is an AMS buff. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the key point that I wanted to get to, because that's been the one that I've noticed. Uh, you guys did it today, you'd said it in your interview, and we did it as well. Um, these AMS buffs have had uh, a something beyond uh, LRMs, uh, an, an effect beyond LRMs. You know, now that they are effective against MRMs and SRMs, they now become a really reasonable option to just hopefully give you a DPS advantage over the the brawlier uh, drops. Yeah, we've been going as far as 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 only using one ton, you know, half the ton for the AMS and half the ton for the for you know half a ton of AMS. And- just putting it on every mech, and if we run out of AMS ammo, you know, then we ran out. For the most part, I don't think we've run out yet, and we've shut down a lot of, you know, MRMs, SRMs. And if you look this week, you'll probably see a, a use of less IV4s. Yeah, which is a shame, and it's probably one of the one of the trends or one of the influences that we've seen from the changes is that it maybe gives you even less of a reason uh, to take a completely SRM brawly deck you know we are still seeing assassins and we are still seeing linebackers and we do still see that srm play but you just have to get even that much closer now to minimize the chance that ams is going to have the the chance to shoot those missiles down but i think we are seeing more laser brawl you know medium pulse and stuff like that has, has that been something that you've noticed oh yeah so lots of you know crabs uh, i know ms can be happy about uh medium pulse linebackers and uh, we've been seeing a lot of storm crows and medium pulse huntsmen too. So, yeah, which is is good to one degree, but the flip side to that is that you know brawl was already as a playstyle suffering a little bit, and I don't think that this makes I don't think this makes brawl better per se. Uh, you know, it would be really good as uh, if the AMS buffs were maybe a little bit more exclusive, or the missile health stuff was was exclusive maybe to long range missiles or, or ATMs and stuff like that, and you know, whether you need to buff uh, missile health for SRMs or MRMs, maybe that's something that we'll see. But yeah, the, the heat side, like the side torso stuff, do you think that's been a big influence? Because that was you know, that was pretty controversial and there was a lot of uh, outrage, I guess, around the uh, side torso and the heat influence. Do you think that's been big in comp? 
I think it has been a little bit, but more on mech construction than mech choices. Uh, people are taking fewer light engines and more standard engines, or they're just saying, you know, screw it, and we'll take the XL engine because we die if we get hacked anyway. Yeah, uh, a really good point. And, and, you know, the influence that side torso distraction has, I guess, uh, if you're losing a, a torso in comp, uh, it probably means that you are you know, almost out of the fight anyway. You know, it's a little bit more uh, the line between success and failure is a bit thinner, I think, with comp. Uh, I agree. Right, so that's a little bit about patterns and trends. And uh, I think maybe one of the good things from the tournament, and again, speaking for for the success thus far, uh, is that we are seeing a variety of strats. And, you know, they, of course, are dictated by the maps uh, probably more than anything else. And the fact that we are seeing a, a wide variety of mechs, even though uh, it is relatively top-heavy and some of those, you know, quote-unquote meta mechs are the things that we are seeing more often, I do just get a general feeling that we uh, it is a little bit more open. And that's really, really good, I think. And that's something, hopefully, uh, that will that PGI will take on board and, and uh, you know, moving forward into World Champs that they'll, uh, you know, give the space so that uh, that, that creativity is there. Looking forward, uh, we're four, three and a half, almost four rounds in now. Uh, looking forward to what we might see for the rest of the tournament. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Seabiscuit, and uh, considering what we've seen, the trends, some of the teams that we've seen that are performing well, can you give me your predictions for who you think might take each of the divisions and why? Uh, sure. Uh, I'll start off by saying I think... Uh, Imperial's going to take NA Division A. Um, they've been really strong so far uh, in their matches. That one's still a toss-up, though. I know Blackwatch had an incredible win against Black Omen last week, so if they continue that, they may have a chance of, of uh, beating Imperial here in the, was it week six, I think they played them. Um, but right now, Imperial's a, a definite front runner for Div. Div B, it still looks like it's going to go to... Um, White Knight Legion, though I will tell you the – I'm not sure. I know we, we did pretty well in our scrim against them prior to the event starting or the season start, and we haven't played them just yet. And I believe they're playing us and the Division A teams next. So they've definitely got it. <laughs> Look out somewhere. You got some – some matches coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. Samara will be loving that, yeah. Uh, going on from there, there's uh, Division C uh, for North America. Blackhorns Dragoons have just been, I think they've been doing very well so far. Um, and we'll probably end up taking the, the season. If it's not them, I think maybe Bears Brawlers will come back. They've been doing pretty good here recently. Probably Blackhorns Dragoons. NA Div D, I think that one's really too close to call between. I know Black Ace has beat Death from Below uh, three to two, but their their points are just too close to really to differentiate, in my opinion. One team has 103 kills, one has 104 kills right now, and 69 to 66 points. So that that division is is incredibly close. And then you know Raptor Talons are really behind them with 57 points and and 90 kills. So going to the EU debate, I think um, Ian Tatos is, is going to win this at Ian Synergy. They, they've they've already proven time and time again that they're world champ material, and they're doing it again in this event as well. 
did be, if you were to ask me last week, I would have said Majestic 12, hands down. But I don't know. I know Fury beat them, and they were pretty close to the bottom in rankings before this. So it's, it's definitely interesting to see. If I had to absolutely pick one, I'd still bet on Majestic 12, just because I like a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, they're filled with quality. Oh, they definitely are. I agree with um with with almost all of yours there, and I think uh, Devay in NA in EU yeah is probably going to go to those two powerhouses to uh, EMP and Eon respectively. Uh, the Div Bs are very competitive, uh, and yeah, I agree with you with North America that um WK <clears throat> that WKL are looking strong, but the gap back to crab people to potato killers to yourself, uh, death from above is is not a big gap um, and that one might very much come down to the last round uh, White Knight Legion are as you say 3-0 in front but tomorrow's game with MS Crab people I think will be crucial for the direction of that div so can't wait to see that one but that one I think is a toss up maybe between two or three teams uh, Div C I think is the most competitive uh, you know I agree with you that Blackthorn Dragoons have got momentum, they're playing really really well they're 3-1 um, after four rounds uh, but DSAG, Dropship 4, um, Cameron Hollanders, Claymore, all quality. And, uh, you know, this we may see uh, that one go down to the very last round uh, as well to see who, who um, takes that one. And, yeah, Div D for North America, as you say, probably between three teams there, uh, Death From Below, uh, 79th Raptor, Talon, and Black Aces. I mean, Black Aces are 3-0 and at the moment. They've, they've been sensational. Uh, so we'll be, yeah, very interesting to see how that one shakes out. But, uh, yeah, EU Div B is my dark horse. It's really, really hard uh, to pick. Uh, Furious just had another good win. Uh, you know, they've gone to 3-1 and one now. Um, and uh, yeah, Majestic 12. And even Russian Jade Falcon Irie, 3-1 and one as well. So, you know, you've got some very, very good teams uh, in that division. It's a real shame that there, there can't be the crossover uh, between EU Div B and NA Div B. That I would very much like to see. Because oh, that would be a tremendous. Yeah, what I would say with with uh, div bees in both um, in both regions is you're almost getting a separation between a top half and a bottom half. I think, uh, and uh, yeah, that would be you know, particularly for world champs. I think which may be more relevant uh, when you start to strip away the uh, regions. Uh, you know, the top half of of EU div B against the top half of NA div B would be super super competitive. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on most of your picks there and. I do think that we'll see Eon and EMP continue to kind of to lead the way. Uh, Strat-wise, do you think that there will be anything unusual? Uh, are you guys planning anything that you want to let me in on? Any uh, crazy uh, out, out there strats? Man, I'll be strangled if I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you can be honest, more loom drops, more loom decks? Uh, we are trying to shy away from them for the most part, but we may have one or two here and there. Yeah, and and maybe uh, we you know we did a um, episode recently on on LRMs and we talked about how situational they are. And when you saw what Blackwatch did with them on that Rubelite drop against Black Omen, there's an example of you know when you can you can make them successful, you can make them very very good. And you know I I don't think uh, teams should necessarily throw out the possibility, uh, but obviously you'd have to pick your time, wouldn't you, to make those strats work. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I think their LRMs are going to be more useful in drop one than any other drop, just because the mechs are so slow and can't really. I mean, if you're targeting them 
and they're not in cover, then they die pretty much. Yeah, really, really good point. Yeah, look, I think moving forward, we'll, as you say, we'll, teams are settling into a groove, so you'll continue to see the same uh, mix that we've seen thus far, the ones that are popular and doing a really good job. And it is pretty top-heavy, as I said, the kind of top 50 mix are uh, seeing so much playtime, and I, I don't think that will change. There's nothing major on the horizon that PGI have got planned, I think, that would be particularly influential. Uh, it will be interesting to see whether AMS or any of the changes around LRMs are revisited anytime soon. Um, but, you know, I, I think we'll see much of a muchness for the next few rounds, at least, with a focus on cap and control and, uh, and using those mechs that we've already seen. Oh, definitely. The, uh, the, the mechs that are winning right now are being more and more prevalent, and as more and more of these games are casted, people can actually go out and see, hey, this mech is something I hadn't even thought about yet. And it's it's doing really well, so. Absolutely. And, I mean, it, as I mentioned, this one of the things I, I think is, is crucial is the uh, the way that comp will inform the meta. So uh, for me, you know, as a, as a casual player, I will watch these games and see how a team will utilize a certain mech and that will make me want to take it out in quick play or in, in, in group queue. So, yeah, long may that uh, continue. Yeah, so there's uh, there's two mechs that I think have really stood out more than any other ones as being great, in my opinion. Um, let's see, Commando 1B, and the the one that's been seeing more and more play is the, the Panther 9R. Yeah, both lights, which is interesting as well. I mean, the... You had the, you used the Panther a couple of times uh, today, and putting that the long range options on it seems to be pretty strong. Yeah, the three ER large lasers on the the Panther is is just really strong. And um, you know, th- there's been talk obviously about the Commando and how bloody hard they are to hit, and uh, even some talk about their hitboxes and uh, shots not regging on them. But in the hands of a good pilot, uh, those things are amazing. I know, uh, and a shout out for one of the members of Clan Crossfire. Uh, Fuzzy NZ, uh, he does an absolute ton of work in the commando, and and they can be crucial. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, and de- death from below, chortles uh, as well. Yeah, I-, I love good light play. It's it's one of the things that I love about uh, high level, the, the the high level divs in particular, is where you really start to see the difference that light play can make, and it it, it it's a it's a group that is gets the short end of the stick sometimes, no pun intended. Um, and yeah, to see them successful in comp play is is one of the best things about MechWarrior to see uh, really, really good light pilots getting the most out of those fast movers. Oh yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, a lot of these matches for competitive play, if you lose your light mechs, you lose the game. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. And, I, and we saw that in uh, Illustrated again. Uh, in a couple of a couple of games that, that that illustrated that pretty clearly. So, see, biscuit. The last thing that I wanted to cover with you, we've talked a little bit, I guess, about our thoughts on the Marshall Olympiad reborn, uh, some of the patterns, the trends, and what we might see moving forward. Uh, and we touched on it earlier, but uh, what do you think this tournament tells us about the health of competitive play in general? I mean, as you know, I'm a big advocate for it. I think that the uh, is huge benefits for PGI in supporting it, making sure that the the scene is healthy. Uh, but you know, I tend to think if you have a healthy comp scene, you have a healthy game. 
So in regards to comp, uh, you know, how do you think it is faring? And do you think that the Martial Olympiad Reborn and MWO comp has been a healthy addition to the scene? Um, I'll answer your last question first. Uh, I do think it has been very beneficial, more than probably world is even. Uh, I do think that the the competitive play in general is better for the game. If you look at all the incredibly successful games right now, like uh, League of Legends, probably the most played video game on the planet. And, uh, of course, Riot Games... uh, owning that one and they go all out that's that's all they're about is the the, you know competitive scene and all that did was blow up into a huge game and then you see mechware online where the the owners of the game host one tournament every year and there's okay turnout to that tournament every year but their player base keeps dwindling because there's nothing else after that i don't know how many people left a team after Worlds to join a different team to play Worlds in the next year. You know what I mean? So I, I think if PGI held more than one tournament every year, it would probably help, uh, which is why I really enjoyed them publicly backing the MWO comp scene. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I think that there is massive wins in it for PGI. And I agree with you, particularly for a free-to-play game, and League of Legends, of course, uh, falls into that. And, and if we think of Fortnite, which is probably the other um, widely played game, uh, both free to play, and they they both rely heavily on their comp scenes uh, to be flagships for for the games. And yeah, look, I think that there's certainly things that could be borrowed from that for Mech Warrior, and particularly because MWO has a unique experience. Obviously, it's associated with the BattleTech universe, but the game itself has a relatively unique experience. And for the people that play it and love it, you know, that's probably a a key part of why they love it. But uh, yeah, I, I also think that Marshall Olympiad Reborn has done a fantastic job in uh, breathing life back into comp. I, I think a lot of people had a little bit of a hangover from stock mode. Uh, and whilst in the end we got some exciting games out of it, it was a real grind to get there. Uh, and whilst the finals were better than we expected, um, that was probably on the back of those teams as opposed to the format. Uh, so, you know, it's been super refreshing with the Marshall Olympiad Reborn. Again, to kind of open the doors up, let this fresh air in, uh, and again, just letting those team leaders like yourself, those big brains out there at uh, the strategies and the tactics and, and, and at the mech lab um, and starting to bring back these just amazing games uh, in, the, in the comp scene. Yeah, so Worlds was really, really fun to play, uh, even with, you know, stock. The, the only issue I saw with that was eventually the games would get stale to watch because you see the same mechs over and over again. And that's why I really uh, enjoy this type of um, competitive play or like the MRBC, uh, you know, last year, the year before, where mech choices did matter and what you put on the mech mattered even more. All right, well, that has been a, a little touchstone and a bit of a review on what we have seen uh, in the tournament thus far. Um, I'm certainly enjoying it. Hopefully you are enjoying it uh, as well. Uh, Before we did sign off, I certainly wanted to give a shout out to the hard work uh, that goes into making this successful. Firstly, to yourself, Seabiscuit, and to all of the team leaders out there. Uh, I know that all of you probably do a ton of work uh, to make things work. 
um, organizing times, organizing your teams, going through the strategizing that's required, uh, and all the putting up with all the penises that are drawn on map strats and all of that kind of stuff. So a shout out to all of uh, the team leaders that are out there. Uh, and of course, a special shout out also uh, to the people that are bringing the action to the viewers and the listeners. So for all those shoutcasters out there, uh, it is amazing to have these games brought to life. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Seabiscuit, the fact that there are three channels on Twitch, uh, because there needs to be that much coverage, uh, is fantastic. And uh, again, that's a massive plus for the game. And I think that's something that Marshall Olympiad Reborn have possibly done better than anything that I've seen thus far, maybe even Worlds, uh, is to pro provide this level of coverage. Uh, and yeah, you know, that comes on the back, of course, of all those um, shoutcasters that uh, give up their time and energy, such as yourself, Sea Biscuit. That's something that you do as well. Uh, one of the many errors in your quiver. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to understate uh, how big a role that that plays. Uh, and of course, lastly, uh, as I have said uh, before, the admins, the uh, live 1991s, Just Call Me Ash, Krasnopesky, you guys, even though you're Australian, are fantastic and the work that you're doing is, is, is amazing. So uh, a big thank you to them as well. And guys, if you see them in game or if you are in chat, uh, make sure to give them a, a shout out there as well. So Seabiscuit, um, anything that you wanted to say before we signed off? Uh, no, um, thanks for having me on. I mean, uh, I really enjoy listening to the podcast. It's, it's really cool to be on the, on this side of it. To be honest, uh, thank you for the the shout out for shoutcasting and whatnot. I I am shoutcasting one or two games on uh, Sunday. It's two days from now, um, my time. I know you're from what New Zealand. Yep, we live in the future. Yep. <laughs> so this is <laughs> that's a, another one of my favorite points of, of this game is. Without this game, I wouldn't be talking to somebody from New Zealand right now. There's so much good stuff there, and uh, you know, it, it's something that can be missed a little bit, and that uh, we do tend to focus maybe on some of the negatives or the things that we think need to be changed. But uh, you always need to to take that time and and look at the things that are wonderful as well. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, lending your your insight and your expertise uh, with the multiple roles that you play as a as a team leader and as a caster. Uh, and of course, as someone that's uh, having to work out what's happening with the competition and strategize and all that stuff. So greatly appreciated. All right, man. Look forward to talking to you again and playing against you again. And uh, yeah, that is enough from me, listeners. We will uh, catch you all next week. Now you're weeping shades of cozen and you Shutdown sequence initiated.